It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Good morning, folks. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host and one of the certified financial planners on the show, along with my business partner and certified financial planner, Josh Gregory. Kevin is out this week, so just the two of us. That's right. And the irony is not lost on me either that we are here in the studio talking about vacation while Kevin is <laughs> yeah. out on vacation. Good point. Funny how that works, uh, huh? Good point. Yep. <laughs> now, we do have uh, an intriguing topic, maybe an intriguing question for you today. Do you spend more time planning your vacations than you do your retirement? There's a new study that's revealed some surprising truths about the balance of time that the average family spends on these two different priorities. So we're going to help you uh, kind of unpack that uh, the study itself and uh, talk through how you can get the right balance in your own financial life. That's right. I'm just going to give you a little teaser here. We're not going to tell you you shouldn't go on vacation and you shouldn't spend time focusing on it. That's a critically important part of your overall balance in life. So um, just just the teaser. Sometimes financial advisors get a tough a tough go. We're just thought of that, no, you shouldn't spend any money. You should save all of it. No, that's that's not true. So very interesting topic today. Folks, as always, it's your show. We want to talk about what you're thinking about. So if you have a question or a comment, we get those from time to time. Reach out to us, wisemoneyradio.com. You can submit a question right there on the right, and uh, or you can give us a call, 574-222-2000. Lastly, check us out on Facebook and Twitter, at Wise Money Radio. You can submit questions that way. You can see recent blog posts and other updates about the show. Join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, okay, so as Josh said, we're talking about vacations. Josh, what do you got coming up? You got any vacations planned or vacate? Uh, we have the idea of a vacation, maybe. <laughs> what, does that, what does that mean? <laughs> We've been talking for months about maybe doing a family trip. I have three younger brothers and my folks. Oh, you mean like a family? Yeah, trip. like the the full Gregory clan. Wow, all together. Uh, which boy, that, that gives me a headache just thinking about it. Actually, but the the planning aspect, I I don't know that anyone has really taking the bull by the horns and actually worked out the details yet. And I, I personally hate planning for vacations. Oh, so. here we go. So this, this is kind of the crux of, of the show today is how much time should be spent. We're, so we're big, the Bernards are big Disney people. And some of you listening are, are just very much opposed to it. I was cheering when they bought the Star Wars and Lucasfilms because I just, I, I love it. And so I actually, we'll get into this in a little bit, we're such Disney fanatics that I have money set aside every Thursday that goes into a separate Disney fund. It's even called, it's nicknamed Disney. <laughs> I know. And every Thursday. I'm a nerd. I, every Thursday. you get money paid on in. Wednesday? Is, yeah, that, yeah. is that why? And okay. Sunday, the opposite. And so anyway, that's, that's how we do it. So, uh, Do you love to travel? How much time do you spend on planning your vacation. Are you thinking about your next vacation right now? Maybe you've got a conversation lined up with your spouse. Um, I love to travel. I hate flying. Josh knows that. We fly together often. He always says that's one of the most, his favorite part of the trip is seeing the plane take off uh, and seeing the expression on my face. As financial planners, though, we get to help people with all sorts of financial goals from retirement to college. And yes, vacations, planning vacations, as I already mentioned, that's a critical financial goal. And 
your certified financial planner should really strive to help you get that right and have you have these um, really successful, enjoyable memories with your family, but do it in a financially responsible way. So we've got a very interesting question from a fan of the show today that we're going to be tackling. And here, here it is. Tom asks, how much money should be spent on a family vacation? Yeah, I, I like the question mostly because it's it's new. I don't think this is a question yeah. we've ever had on the show before. But um, th- there's one word that stands out in this question. You know, he's, he's basically asking how much, mm-hmm. but he injected the word should. Should. And anytime, you know, my, my ears are trained to listen for that word, especially, you know, working with clients, because it reveals something about someone's values, their priorities, you know, what, what they think they ought to be doing in their financial life. And, you know, I, I'm careful to not weigh in too heavy on things like, you know, what, what uh, place should vacation or travel be in the family budget? You know, is it more important than the little league fees? Is it more important than a home improvement project? I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm assuming that Tom's kind of asking for some rules of thumb or. Yeah. Do you, you have know. any? I've, I, I, I wouldn't say a rule of thumb. I found a recent study. Really? From, yeah. From Fidelity. And, and we do a lot of work with Fidelity. They do a lot of research. And so I don't know where they came up with this. And actually, it's the only part of the article I actually agree with uh, or, or think is interesting. The rest of it's just malarkey in my opinion. But they say 3% of your gross income is what you should target to spend on family vacation. Um, later in the article, they cite that the average family vacation or the average family spends around $4,000 a year on vacations. And so that would mean the wow. average family then makes over $100,000, which I don't know if that's, that's average. True, yeah, right. I, w- I would right. say that's not true. But I, w- I would probably assume that the average vacation spend is around four grand. I mean, that seems realistic as a family of four. I seem, it seems to hold water to me. But, yeah. but, I, but going back, that, the should stood out to me as well. And I start looking at the should. Well, should you just conform to that average or that norm? If, if around four grand or 3% is right, should you do that? You started touching on what I would say is the most important point here. Where does the vacation line up in the rest of the priorities of your financial goals? Yeah, that's right. I mean, this is, it's a budget item. It's a list of, it's, it's an item on a list of goals. It's not just a rule of thumb to be living life according to some other study or according to what the average American does. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you at least cited a fidelity study, an investment company study, as opposed to travel agents of America or something, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, it's like, uh, the, the jewelers all have these rules of thumb on how much a guy should spend on an engagement ring. Oh, geez. I'm like, what? Watch out for those. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, always a little bit more, right? So number one, the spending money on vacation, it's a, it's, it's a very important thing. And it's something that I, I hope, I hope that you're able to do that in the six areas of financial planning. This one fits squarely in your present financial position. That's the first one where you talk about a budget or a cash flow system, as well as a bank account structure and net worth, okay? But you've got to make this decision, the priority in the context of all other areas of your financial life. Because if, you, if you're way off track with, let's say, your retirement goal, and you should be setting more money aside for that goal, maybe you should have less money go towards vacation and more towards retirement. 
or college goal or paying off debt, something like that. Maybe yeah. you you need to strike the right balance between these. Well, there may, like you said, there may be some stretches of time where you're emphasizing other financial priorities and maybe you downplay how important vacation is going to be. I remember back uh, first year and a half that Andrea and I were married, our big goal was wipe out my student loans. Mm-hmm. And we were just cranking. We were aggressive. But because of that, we didn't do much other fun stuff, right? I mean, we were we were sacrificing anywhere and everywhere. And that meant, okay, we didn't do a trip that year, that year and a half. Mm-hmm. But we made up for it. After the fact, we had the cash flow to take some cool trips before kids. And, and I still kind of cherish those memories uh, because of it. But you hit on this as kind of a cash flow issue, a, a goal setting issue. And that's why rather than give a dollar amount that ought to fit or even a percentage that ought to fit into someone's budget, I would give you maybe some principles to apply. <laughs> and, um, you know, first of all, I, I encourage people don't spend more than you've already saved for that particular trip or, or vacation. Save up ahead, in other words. Mm -hmm. Don't swipe the credit card and hope that you can get it paid off in a reasonable amount of time after the fact. Okay? Um, Secondly, um, don't spend money that you've earmarked for other purposes. What's an an example of that? Well, uh, maybe you've set aside money for... um, healthcare expenses or dental, eye, eye care, something like that, and you just haven't had many eye care expenses or dental expenses, maybe you've been healthy for the past year, so you're tempted to raid that cookie jar to take a trip. See, I was going to, I thought you were going to say the emergency fund. Yeah, Oftentimes, the emergency example. fund is just sitting there collecting dust, no interest. Uh, that's kind of a joke. But you think, well, geez, well, I've got 10 grand there, or I've got six grand there. Yeah, we can use that money to go on vacation. Right, right. But you know Murphy's Law, while you're on vacation, there will be some sort of emergency happening and you won't have the cash because you're uh, busy spending it at Disney. But uh, one other um, quick principle that I would inject in there also is don't spend money on something you want while neglecting something that you need. Good point. And every family needs to decide, is vacation a want or is it a need? In just a moment, we're going to tell you exactly really how you should save up in advance for vacations and how to strike the right balance between planning that vacation and planning your retirement. That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Torhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Good morning, folks. We're so glad to have you with us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. I hope your weekend is off to a great start. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host, along with Joshua Gregory. Kevin's got the day off, so it's just the two of us here in the studio. Special thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern & Keene, as well as First State Bank for sponsoring the content of the program. And we're talking about a timely and important topic in your financial life, and that is how to plan appropriately for vacations. Do you allow vacations to just creep in there and push other financial priorities out? Or do you have it as part of your overall financial plan, part of your system? We're going to talk in just a moment about how to do that. If you have a question, reach out to us, 574-222-2000 or wisemoneyradio.com. You can submit a question there as well as catch up on anything that you've missed. All the previous shows are right there as well. So we're unpacking a question from Tom. And and as Josh said earlier, yeah, we haven't we haven't talked about vacation on the show yet. In two years of doing the show, and uh, so, a short question, but I love, I, I love the concept. So Tom said, how much money should be spent on a family vacation? 
and we emphasized should. So he's he's looking for well, what's what's a good range, or how should I approach this? It's kind of a coachable uh, approach to it. We talked about a couple things already, and and we're going to pick back up on on this point right here. My family, family of four, I've got two young kids, and we're really big into Disney. That's just my son loves Star Wars and superheroes. My daughter's kind of phasing out of the princess stage, but she still loves everything Disney. So we love Disney. And I told you that in order to make this work and for me to not fight with my wife about how much Disney stinking costs, which we are not going to get into on this show, <laughs> uh, but it's a lot. I'll just tell you that. Um, we ju- I just figured out, okay, how often do we want to go? Every few years, every three years or so. Therefore, how much would we spend? Divide that by the number of weeks, and we set aside a certain amount every single Thursday. Because if I have it in my budget where money's coming out and going into a Disney account, then I know I've, I, I'm setting that priority um, above others, and I'll live on what's left. And when we start getting the urge that we want to go see Mickey and his friends, the money's going to be there, and we haven't raided the account because the account that it's sitting in actually is called Disney. Yeah, that's not that different than, well, the same principle could apply to saving up for Christmas gifts or buying your next automobile, um, you know, the next home improvement project or something like that. Squirreling away a little bit of money into a separate account, we often refer to it as the delayed spending account. That's right. And uh, it's basically a savings vehicle that you're temporarily building up the money so that it's there when it's needed or when it's wanted in this case. Yeah. Now, some banks call those Christmas club accounts or something like that, but really the philosophy can apply to any expense that you know is upcoming, but doesn't happen every single month. Whether that's something you want to do, like a vacation or a home improvement, or something you need to do, like maintenance on a vehicle or paying for life insurance once a year, you need to figure out how much do you plan on spending every year or six months or whatever it is. What's this going to cost? Divide it by the number of times you plan to fund it, and set up that savings, that transfer out of your checking into the savings account automatically so it happens like clockwork. You know, the, the thing I like about the spirit behind what you're doing with your Disney fund is, you know, too often I think the, the concept of a budget feels like it's restricting to people. It's, it's almost like the budget is there to limit or control how much you're able to spend on, on uh, vacation or other things. But I, I would reframe that. I, and I, I certainly think this is how you're thinking of it. It's really an opportunity to make sure that you're constantly reloading or replenishing the vacation fund. Mm-hmm. You're kind of establishing it as just part of the normal rhythm and the routine, the way your family uses money. And you're making sure that it's baked in every single month so that it doesn't get squeezed out by other things that maybe you don't even prioritize as much. You don't value as much. Yeah, that's that's right. And We do that, and I would encourage you to do this same thing in the context of your other, even more important financial goals. Because trust me, folks, going to Disney is not the most important financial goal that we have. It's a big one with our kids being this age. But we do this knowing that we're also funding our other financial goals at our higher priority at the right pace as well. So I know I'm not taking their college money and spending it on a week in Disney. You know, I think it's important uh, also to recognize that Vacation doesn't necessarily have to mean big travel expense. Good right? point. I mean, there's other ways to do vacation other than Disney <clears throat> or some big resort or uh, hitting the beach somewhere. 
sometimes you're just in a stage of life where the financial resources are spread too thin and there's not a lot of money to be able to travel. But vacation still needs to be something that you bake into your life. It's it's really important just from a replenishing and a recharging your batteries. You know, we, we tell folks in, in our team all the time, you need to get out of the office periodically. Even if you think, oh, I can keep going, I'm not burned out. Your coworkers need a break from you, right? Yeah. yeah. You, you need a change of pace. You need a change of scenery. Go get recharged and come back fresh, ready to go again. Yeah. And, and of course, this dovetails into retirement where people are planning on, uh, many people are traveling more and, and so on. But, but there's just a couple other points we didn't hit under this vacation piece. Josh talked about how uh, we are very much opposed to putting the vacation on the credit card and then trying to quickly pay it off when you return. Just because uh, for, Every person that's done that successfully, there's a handful that didn't and they're still paying on that vacation because something else came up or there was an emergency or another one-time, air quote, one-time financial expense came up and you're still paying on that, that vacation, you know, a couple years later with a lot of interest. But if you're someone that can use credit cards responsibly, and by responsibly, I mean put money on a credit card and pay the full balance off every single month to get points... I love it when people can use those points to help make their vacation or their travel less expensive. It's kind of like playing with fire, but if you've got the right structure and discipline in your financial life to use one of those miles credit card or airline miles cards, your vacation spend can be a lot cheaper because you're getting, you're using these rewards. Well, and even if you weren't getting actual mileage points for a vacation, you're getting some sort of a reward. But th- there's also just the convenience factor, and, and I would even argue the safety factor of booking your vacation, buying those plane tickets, or or holding the hotel with an actual credit card as opposed to a debit card. Yeah, that's- I, I think there's there's just uh, an added layer of safety there because you can go back to the credit card company if there's an issue and and uh, get their help. So much to hit here on vacation. This is the first time we're talking about it. it won't it certainly won't be the last. But but it, as we kicked off the show, we talked about there was some there's a recent flurry of activity in the financial press about how much attention gets focused by families on planning vacations versus retirement. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hit a couple. This one's this one's not as recent, but from Charles Schwab, a survey of a thousand retirement savers and. of those thousands said they spent five hours or more um, planning to buy a car. 40% said they spent five hours or more in the past year planning their next vacation, but only 11% said they spent five hours planning retirement. In fact, 30% said they spent less than an hour planning their retirement. And and that's presumed to be an annual amount of time that you're saying. Exactly. And then the other study here, this one's very recent, just states that millennials would rather save up for vacations than retirement. That's not all too surprising. Um, And Gen Xers, uh, it's very close, but retirement has edged out vacation by just a percent. These are competing financial goals. Retirement and vacation. They're competing for very important resources. I would hope that you can strike the right balance and actually apply resources, the right resources to both. But the media really paints this as, well, where are you spending your time? How are you allocating your time? Yeah. I mean, honestly, you could burn through three hours in one evening, just kind of popping around on different sites, getting ideas for your vacation. So, naturally, it's going to take some time to plan a cool vacation or even 
an inexpensive vacation, but that doesn't mean that you have to spend one hour on your retirement every time you spend an hour on vacation, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the the point they're trying to make, and we've made it on this show before, is that the average individual, the average family is underprepared for retirement. However, when it's done right, and we're going to dive a little bit further into this, when it's done right, planning for your retirement shouldn't take gobs and gobs of time. And I think that can be a stumbling block to a lot of people. They think, well, geez, if I'm going to do this, it's going to take so much time and really be overwhelming. And so I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I want my clients out there living their life, planning the vacation, and then zeroing in in detail, really pressing in on the retirement goal a few times each year. But uh, it doesn't mean that proportionately they need to spend that kind of the, the same amount of time on on their vacation versus retirement. All right. So we're going to dive into that a little bit more. Then plus, what I would consider the most important is how do you allocate vacation spending for your retirement plan and when you're in retirement? We're going to talk about that and have some other listener questions coming up on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Good morning, folks. Thanks for joining us and spending part of your weekend with us. Thanks for listening to Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name's Mike. I'm joined by Josh Gregory. Kevin's got the day off. Big thank you to Bethel College of Dalton Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett and the Inspired team at REMAX 100 for partnering with us on the Wise Money Show. We're talking about how to plan for your vacation in a financially responsible way where you're doing it and enjoying it, but it's also not throwing your entire financial life off kilter or getting you behind. And uh, we've got a bit more to cover on that before taking more questions. If you have a question, reach out to us, wisemoneyradio.com or 574-222-2000, as well as Facebook and Twitter at Wise Money Radio. We're still unpacking the leadoff question from today, the question of the week from Tom. Here's what it was. How much money? should be spent on a family vacation. We talked about the average is around four grand a year. Uh, Fidelity cited maybe 3% of your gross income. We've just basically said, no, it needs to fit in the right priority in your financial life. And you need to be saving up ahead of time so that you're not putting this on a credit card and going backwards financially. The way you do that is to set a budget and use the delayed spending approach where you're setting a little bit of money aside every single week or every two weeks or every month so that when it's time for that vacation, you've got cash there to pay for it and you're off to the races. Yeah, I'm glad that you've kind of brought up the issue of vacationing or traveling in retirement as well because it's maybe a great example of why rules of thumb can't necessarily span across all different stages of life because when, I mean, I'll speak for myself, um, when you're raising kids, sometimes it's harder to take a vacation just to squeeze it in. It's more hassle. It's going to be more expensive with kids as opposed to prior to, to having them. But then when you get out to the retirement years, some folks value doing lots of travel. Other people want to be more homebodies. Some folks want to travel just the two of them if they're a married couple. Others want to take the family along. Yeah. And, and so everyone has a different vision for what they're um, that their vacation spending might look like. And as long as it's based on their unique budgeting, I, I think it, it works. So we also cited a couple articles that talk about how 
uh, Americans plan more for vacation, not Americans, households, families, spend more time on planning vacation than retirement. And I would tell you, I don't really care. I don't think that that headline draws some attention. I think they're missing the boat there. You should be working with a certified financial planner and have clarity and confidence about your retirement goal and retirement plan. That shouldn't take a ton of time. You should actually be working with a professional, that professional investing that amount of time. And you guys go over it a couple times a year, but that shouldn't be hours upon hours upon hours. Folks, it's, it's not that difficult. Now, it's involved. Um, you, you, uh, you can't do it on the back of a napkin. You can't do it online. You've got to work with a professional to talk through the various issues relating to your situation. And spending money on vacation and retirement is one of them. Yeah, that's one thing that I, I've noticed you build into a lot of the retirement projections that, that you're kind of working through with many of your clients. You actually create a line item on their retirement spending uh, projection for this particular goal, or at least you're asking them, is is a big vacation periodically going to be important to you? How much would you spend? That sort of thing. We've talked about the five factors in planning your retirement are all interrelated, Okay. One of the first one is age. The second one and the most important is spending. And Josh is right. For all of the folks that I uh, am blessed to serve, I talk to them about, all right, what new expenses will there be in retirement that you don't currently have or that are currently being funded out of bonus or some other way? And do you plan, this specifically with vacation, do you plan on spending more money in retirement on vacation. And for about 80% of the people I get to serve, that answer is yes. And so when we're planning retirement, we're looking at lifestyle as the base number, but then we add in health insurance and other things on top of that as separate line items. But I usually add in an extra allowance for vacation for the first 10 or 15 years during those go-go years, if you've listened to those episodes, that series about, about the different stages of retirement. And most people... Gosh, I can't. I actually can't think of an example where someone looked at that and said, "No, I don't need that." No, most people they like the idea of having an extra allowance set aside, built into their plan. Yeah, that they can go travel and do the things they want to do when they're still young and in retirement. Sometimes that's more realistic than assuming that they're just going to squeeze a vacation in to normal cash flow. If if you set them on a budget, for example, of five grand a month. Um, maybe that 5,000 covers all their needs and their normal lifestyle, the things they like to do, but it doesn't include the, the bucket list items. You know, it doesn't include a big trip to Alaska or a few months in Florida or something like that. And for, for you to add that in on top of your normal spending, I think uh, helps ensure for them that they've actually got the resources to do those types of things. Uh, things. And, and this, I would just caution those because there are a lot of online retirement calculators, or you can just do some quick math and maybe do a percentage. Well, I'll withdraw this much. This is one of the things that I think a lot of people doing it without a professional will miss. And um, the point is to be realistic and to fund the lifestyle and the retirement that you want. And for many people, that is, that is having money set aside for vacation. You know, I just met this week with a client who's getting ready to retire at the end of the year. And uh, one of their bucket list items is a big trip to Alaska. I assume it's a cruise and maybe some some trips inland as well. But, um, you know, they're expecting seven, eight grand maybe to, to spend on a trip like that. And so one of the things we've already started doing is, um, is it something that they can save up ahead for before they even retire while they've still ah. got their 
full paychecks and everything. Uh, is it something that they can set that money aside and let it be a big kind of celebra- celebratory uh, trip at retirement? And, um, and so that's one way to approach it. Some other folks will maybe keep working some little odd jobs, part-time income, and they treat that as their vacation fund, their travel fund, that sort of thing. So I, I, I knew you were going to bring that up because if Kevin were here, he would, he would mention that. He's a big advocate for, listen, before you even retire, you should start doing some of these bucket list trips. Fund it out of your income. When you turn 60, if you're planning to work another five years, plan that big trip, take that big Alaska trip out of your income as opposed to just wading into retirement because you never know what could come tomorrow. Well, that combats one of the arguments for many people to try to retire early also. There's a lot of people that say, well, I'm not going to 66 uh, with work because I want to be able to travel and I'm I'm healthy now. I might not be then. Well, you can still do your traveling and do some of these cool trips, as you're saying, and still come back to work when you're done. Yep. Right? So you can get the a taste of the retirement lifestyle that you're really excited about without completely abandoning the paycheck. So here's the point, folks. And and I mentioned this before, just because I've I've lived it and I'm I'm out uh, at the grocery store or at the mall with my family and I'll run into uh, a friend, a client, and they always look at me kind of sheepishly and say, oh, it's in the budget, it's in the budget, I'm not spending anything. No, the, the point that I would really want to instill here is that your certified financial planner wants you to spend money and go out and enjoy vacation. They just want, they're just there to help you do that in balance with the rest of your financial life. And specifically to this point today, that is a financial goal, but you've got other financial goals as well. Retirement or college, which we're going to get to next with a question from Diane, um, or paying off debt, building up an emergency fund, and a certified financial planner can help you strike the right balance so that you know you're not setting the college money aside for a Disney spend. That's the point. If you're not working with a certified financial planner, or even if you are and you've been afraid to talk about your vacation goals, I would encourage you to do so. So, all right, we're going to just start the next question here. It's from Diane. I told you it's about college. Here's what she asked. My daughter is starting college in the fall, and we just got our financial aid package from the school she's attending. We're about $5,000 short when it comes up with what we're supposed to spend. And I'm wondering the best way to come up with this amount. Should it be a personal loan by her or a loan by me? Well, I need to co-sign any direction would be appreciated. Yeah, I, I think I would turn that question right back on you, Diane. And I, I would first ask you, whose responsibility is it to try to make up this shortfall? Because defining what your role in the college funding uh, process is versus your your daughter's, um, that's that's uh, the, the beginning, I guess, of finding the right solution is whose shoulders does this responsibility ultimately fall on? If it is hers, you know, my encouragement to her would be, listen, there's nothing saying that this summer you can't earn $5,000. Mm-hmm. If you really um, kind of work hard and save aggressively, there, there's no reason why you couldn't accumulate that five grand before school starts in the fall. We're going to talk about a couple other ways for Diane or anyone else in a similar situation to come up with that shortfall amount. That, and then Evelyn's questions after that about, is Social Security disability taxable? You might not like that answer. That and more coming up on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. 
Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran & Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Good morning, folks. Thanks for joining us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name's Mike. I'm your host with Josh Gregory in the studio, as well as Casey Hendrickson working the board as always. He's the best. Kevin is out today. Uh, if you've missed anything, check out the podcast. It's on iTunes and Google Play. Just search Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Or all the podcasts, previous episodes, you can listen to online. Go to wisemoneyradio.com. It's right there in the middle of the page. Uh, you can submit a question there as well, right there on the right. Or give us a call, 574-222-2000 to submit questions or comments. Lastly, Facebook and Twitter, at Wise Money Radio. Join the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Today's show has mostly been about planning for vacation, striking the right balance in your financial life with all that. And we've just moved on to a great question from Diane. I will, uh, well, basically, here's her question. My daughter's starting college in the fall, and we just got our financial aid package from the school that she's going to be attending. We're about 5000 short. What do we do to come up with this money? Do we get a personal loan, or what other direction do we have? Josh started by saying, well... Whose responsibility is it? That's where I would start as well. Diane, is that your responsibility as the parent? Or is that your daughter's, your child's uh, responsibility as well? Because, yeah, we've got a summer here where she can work. And I, uh, my goal in the summer was always to make five grand. And that was 15 years ago. I yeah. taught different hockey camps and so on. And every week they cut me a check for 500 bucks. So I knew, all right, how much do I need to work? Or would I need to work at the on the weekends at a second job, which I often did. And so my goal was always to... To make that money, the other, my goal was ten grand. By the way, oh, well, slacker. <laughs> the other option, though, is you could work during school, right? I mean, you could work. You or your daughter could work um, while she's in school to be paying for that extra out of cash flow. So, so I would first start with whose responsibility, and then second, don't think about loans or other savings. Start with well, where can you go earn this money? It is interesting to me. You know, college is one of those goals that we spend a lot of time talking to folks about, and. Everyone has a different take on this issue. Some people act as if it's some sort of, you know, sick and twisted form of child abuse to act your or ask your kids to work during the summer or work during the school year. Uh, you know, sometimes I hear people say, oh, I had to do that when I was growing up and that was so hard. I'm, I would never do that to my kids. Yep. Others would say, I had to do that growing up and it was really good for me. I think my kids should have to work. Yeah. Right. And it, it's all a function of your values, but... Um, just keep in mind that there is hope here. There are ways to go earn those dollars. There's also maybe more scholarship dollars out there than what you maybe even realize. Yep. I, I think um, that the question is, is there enough of an incentive for your son or your daughter to actually go chase down those dollars, to do all the research, to write the essays, to make the applications and everything? If the responsibility is not really theirs because you're willing to go take a loan out to cover this five grand, then why would they go to that extra work, yeah. right? So be careful about what kind of incentives you're putting in place, what kind of an environment it is. Uh, does it steer your kids towards taking an active role in funding college or are they going to sit back passively and just kind of see what you do for them? Yep. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's your choice. You guys, you, you need to figure that out. Uh, the, one of the reasons why we're emphasizing work or scholarship is five grand shortfall a year is $20,000 of loan when you get out. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Now, for those of you who have looked at all options and it's still, you still need to, to um, come up with 
some extra resources. Um, the the financial aid package is going to show you federally subsidized or unsubsidized, basically federally backed loans. You could go get, um, well, a couple, a couple different types of loans I'm thinking about. We're not going to go too deep, but you could get a parent plus loan, Diane, if you feel this is your responsibility, you would be responsible for that loan. And there's not a lot of great treatment with those, you know, interest starts accruing pretty quickly. You got to start paying pretty quickly. But then the other is you or your daughter, technically your daughter could go out and get a private student loan just from a bank or other financial institution. And those amounts wouldn't necessarily show up on your financial aid package that you received from the school. So avoid the loan at all costs, but there are options out there. And really, again, just like Josh said, it's up to you as to whose responsibility is this, as to whether you'd take out a parent loan, which makes you responsible, or co-sign. If it's the child's responsibility, don't co-sign. Have them take out a private student loan from say some other financial institution, some other, some other bank. So great question, Diane. Uh, next question comes from Evelyn. Here's what she asked. My husband was recently approved for social security disability. Is that income going to be taxed? Yeah. It's like so many tax related questions. I think the answer begins with it depends. Yeah. And, uh, for starters, it depends on which type of disability benefits. A lot of people don't realize that there's actually two different ways that you can get disability benefits through social security. One is called social security disability income, kind of a long name. The other is supplemental security income. SSI is what people who are receiving it, they, they always call it SSI. I'm getting SSI. Yeah. And um, the, the, the reality is people who receive SSI, they're not going to pay tax on any of it, yep. but it's hard to get. You have to not only be disabled, but there's also financial um, uh, calculations that go into it. Your resources can't be too high. Your other income can't be too high. So I'm assuming, Evelyn, that your husband is receiving social security disability income. And if that's the case, then... Um, it, it's actually treated very much the same as other social security income um, that you would receive in retirement, for example. And it's all about what level of income does the family have coming in. It's going to dictate whether or not you have to start counting some of this income on your tax return. So this really grinds my gears. I, I know it <laughs> does you as well. Yes, Josh is right. You might have to pay tax on your Social Security income, which, by the way, is your money, which, by the way, you already paid tax on. Ah, that is just so, this, so it is so frustrating. It's just mind boggling. And of course, our politicians said, we'll never tax it. And then they did. Yeah. And uh, just tune into Casey's show to talk about what's left or non-existent about the Social Security Trust Fund. But you're um, taking this ridiculous. especially uh, personally here. I, well, I, I, I would think I that am. you're on Social Security disability by the way you're talking. <laughs> no, I do have clients that have faced this. I've got family members who face this as well. And it's just frustrating. It yeah. is. Um, but but Josh is right. You have to do some sort of calculation. It's on your what's called the combined income, which is you add up all of your income and you include tax-exempt interest and other things. But then you take plus half of your Social Security. And if that number, that calculation exceeds 25000 and you file your taxes as a single person, then some of your Social Security is going to be taxable. Yeah. You mentioned that it's for your husband. So for you guys, if that little calculation exceeds 32000 yeah, you're going to have to pay tax on some of it. and Some of it up to a limit of 85%. That's right. No one pays tax on all their Social Security. 
it's going to be anywhere from zero to 85%, depending upon that calculation that you just rattled off. That's right. So as frustrating as it is for me, we can use that energy and just, you know, stomp our foot in the ground, or we can talk about some of the planning opportunities with this. And so Evelyn, for you specifically, well, what things can you do to make your income look less? Well, you could fund more money into pre-tax retirement accounts or even an HSA to help kind of squeeze your income down to make sure that not as much of Social Security is taxed if you're close to that line. I would work with a certified financial planner who does tax planning to help you figure that out. Yeah, that's that's if you're close to that line and you can afford to uh, go without those dollars in your paycheck. That's exactly right, which is kind of the, the, the bigger p- picture, which we always preach from these microphones every single week is, folks, there's urgency in getting your financial life together. Let's start making some wise financial decisions because you never know what's going to happen. So this is the other thing. For those of you whose gears were also ground like mine, and you think, well, hopefully I'm never on Social Security Disability, but I plan to get Social Security someday. Will it be taxable? Same thing applies. So start thinking about funding Roth IRAs so that when you're in retirement, you're pulling money out of accounts tax-free or HSAs. So you're pulling that money out to pay medical expenses tax-free so less and less of your Social Security is taxed. Well, similar to that strategy, we often talk about the idea of doing a Roth conversion, Mm -hmm. a pretty sophisticated little strategy of moving money from an IRA into a, a Roth IRA, but you pay tax in the process. And so when you do that little maneuver, uh, you're creating income on your tax return. If you're in a situation where you're drawing Social Security, that might make it, um, you know, no, no longer advantageous for you because it's changing that calculation that Mike just rattled off. It could suddenly push you up over the threshold to where you go from not paying tax on any Social Security to now you're having to count it on the return just because you were doing something Uh, proactive that uh, those guys on Wise Money are always talking about. (laughs) Which is really the point. Just be aware, work with a certified financial planner so you know. All right. Thanks, Evelyn. Thanks, Tom, and the rest for submitting questions. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory and myself and the rest of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.